listening to Pawnee Public Radio with your hosts, Hannah and Will. If you like kisses and stunts, then you're in the right place because this episode is a doozy. Hey, it's me, Will. <laughs> and that? it's me, <laughs> Hannah. I just did a stunt. You couldn't see though, but it was awesome. Yeah. Honestly, just getting by these days, that's a stunt. You know? <laughs> the risk is high. <laughs> Take care of wear a helmet. This is the finale episode of season two. We did it. I can't believe it. We're in season two, episode 24. It's Freddy Spaghetti, but we did it. We got to the end of season two, uh, and we're throwing a party, and you're all invited. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're here, so it's a surprise party for us, in a way, too. I forgot that, that season one was a shorty, and season two was what we call a, a regular. That's an official TV yeah. term. Yeah, we try to we try to use our expertise on the show. Um, so in a way, we've we've done two seasons. But if we use the season one as a unit, we've also kind of done what like four season ones, right? Not only was season one a shorty, and season two, I'd even call it a longy. That's you. another official yeah, TV yeah. term. But season one ended in a rock show, and season two is ending in. A children's parody album concert with Freddy Spaghetti. Is that right? Yeah. (laughs) Is that what you were fishing for? Rock uh, a spaghetti show. Um, This episode features the musical comedy stylings of Pawnee superstar Freddy Spaghetti. So we got our own musical comedy superstar. My friend, Alex Lewis. He's a part of the comedy trio Lou Burger. Yeah, and they have uh, Lou Burger live at Lincoln Hall in Chicago, which is going to be available anywhere and everywhere you can imagine, February 9th and beyond. Alex, please welcome, welcome. Alex Lewis. <laughs> Hello. To the pod. <laughs> Hello. Parks and uh, Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> of course. That was, wow, that was such a wonderful storied introduction, you guys. I mean, and really just right off the cuff. I'm so impressed. Yeah, we, we got it in one try. <laughs> it was great. You do have, it's a really and alliterative. there's no way to prove differently. Very like no. alliterative title about this show at Lincoln Hall, which I love. Have you ever been to Lincoln Hall in Chicago? Me? Yeah. It's a yeah, real we place. Filmed, we, I know we filmed a special there. <laughs> that all makes sense. What, did you film it during the pandemic? Like, was it empty no, audience? It, it was before. Okay. It was It was about two months before. I thought it was going to be maybe one of those things where you, like, it was screened there live. I guess if I, if I thought more about what a live event there would look like now, <laughs> I imagine, like, an, an empty theater with just a screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> that's so awesome. The, huh. the Rockettes, when they're live at Rockefeller Center, will, they're... They go to Rockefeller Center. God. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've just forgotten what live, what a live performance. It's okay. Entails. The world doesn't That's exist. Reasonable. I feel like we should cut you a lot of slack. But Alex, we're so happy to have you on for the musical comedy episode. Oh, I'm happy to well, be here. Now, before we get into it, I want to know what your relationship to Parks and Rec is, but also how you would rate Freddy Spaghetti and if he would be allowed to join Luberg. <laughs> Okay. Do do you want me to rate Freddy Spaghetti first and, and say whether or not he'd be able to join Lou Burger? 
You could do that in either order. All right. It's an open-ended just, order. Just to sort of close out, the, you know, it's a good transition from musical comedy, which we were just talking about. I I loved Freddy Spaghetti, quite honestly. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Um, I, I loved how all of his gags are just songs that you know, but he's adding different noodles. <laughs> and then, I, yeah, that's right. At one point, so most of his songs are just a famous song like, itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini but instead of bikini he does linguini and he had a couple songs like that but then his big finish <laughs> was just singing noodles and having people repeat those noodles to him <laughs> um so i love freddie spaghetti and uh i you know you, what you see is what you get with him i'd let him in Luberger. i'd probably have to talk to my bandmates but- I don't think he would have to talk to bandmates. I think he would just be <laughs> okay. like, hey, Freddy Spaghetti's joining, and I- they would just be like, yeah, we're psyched. I feel like I we- think- we'd have to change up our-, our material a lot to sort of meet the standards of his lyric Well, writing. you'd have to meet, you know, halfway, you know, between Spaghetti and, you know. I think it's like the Beatles Joe- where you can be like, oh, that's like Ringo wrote that one. I think there would right. be somewhere it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a... That's a spaghetti yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's clearly a, a Freddy song. one. Yeah. When suddenly all they're doing is going, Linguini! Linguini! Although, to be fair, are we allowed to... What's the swearing policy on this podcast? I should have asked this before. We have a limited number, but we have a couple. Yeah, all right, you can take say- mine. I don't really use mine. Okay. Use- <laughs> I use mine a lot. So, we, so Lu- don't take mine. Lou Burger actually does have a song. We have two songs about food. One's called okay. Things Got Silly Eating Chili at a Gay Bar. And one is called um, A Sausage is a Roasted Dick. And I feel like he could probably contribute some good lyrics to both of those songs. So you don't, you don't feel like the songs are done yet, right? Like, the, like they're still it's a living, breathing thing. If Freddy Spaghetti came into the band, yeah, he would probably I, I get think, his own verse. I think if Freddy Spaghetti came into Lou Burger, we would sort of go, look, here's our songs. We want, you know, we want your input. You're in Lou Burger now. You're in the band. We need to. Yeah. All my jokes were too. All the jokes running through my head were too dirty because you said a sausage is a roasted dick. And I was thinking what different spaghettis were. Yeah. There's some great. Yeah. Maybe they're all wieners. Yeah. Pasta really <laughs> opens itself up to, you know, a lot of different shapes. I mean, uh, a, a penne could potentially. I, feel, I mean, maybe not. So. Perks and Rec. <laughs> Have you seen it? Right. My re- so my relationship to Parks and Rec is um, I when I, I I love Parks and Rec and I used to watch it like to go to bed every night. I um, I'm a big big fan. I think I I think that a lot of people sort of look at The Office like you know this is Greg Daniels' masterpiece and you know Michael Schur's masterpiece, but I I feel like in the grand scheme of like m- the material within both shows, I think Parks and Rec you is a lot. You think the fun. Good Place? Oh, oh, I I haven't watched the Good Place to be fair. What? Yeah, I know, I know part of the twist, but uh, I. But the twist, it doesn't even matter. It's not. It's just pure. You know what? Another time, I'll pitch you on the Good Place. I was making a joke about what you were going to say was going to be the Good Place, but I I do think maybe. They're all masterpieces. No, I mean, I love... Maybe they're just brilliant and, writers. And, and I love The Office. And I'm sure that I would really like The Good Place. Like, that, I love Ted Danson. I love Kristen Bell. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But oh um, 
I think Parks and... But so you would watch it to go to bed every night? I'd watch it to go to bed every night, and then for some reason, and it's still to this this case to this day, I have not yeah. seen the final season. We'll have to have you back. Wow. Yeah. So my mom didn't see the final season for a while, but she didn't know it existed because at the time it was like on Hulu or something instead of Netflix. So she was like, Hannah, what is this like season season seven, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should know. It's almost like we're not a Parks and Rec uh, podcast. Uh, yeah, I... So wait, why have you not seen the final season? Because it's a good final season. I, I, yeah, I've season heard, seven. I've heard it's amazing. I just haven't gotten around to it. That is the only. I just, I just haven't watched it. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, it's been a busy year. We're all going out. We're out and about. There's no time to watch. No, I have to watch TV. I, I first of all, I've been watching Money Heist recently. Which have you guys <laughs> seen Money Heist? No. Oh man, it's really good. We don't I have love to talk heists. About it. I love it, a good heist. I love money. Well, it's a, <laughs> then you're going to love Money Heist. It's a television series on Netflix in Spanish that I love. It's got subtitles. Really good. You should go check it out. I'm done pitching Money Heist. Um, but go check it out. Uh, I'm not plug. done pitching the final season of Parks and Rec. I want to. I, um, I, I'm going to watch. <laughs> I am going. Okay. We watched. We didn't watch the final season, though. We did watch the final episode of season two. This is the last one. It's the big, the big, it's the goodbye to Mark Brandanowitz. Uh-huh. It's the hell, it's the hello to sort of a, a real pivot in the show and in, in a new direction. You, um, and I, I gotta say, you know, cause we watched the episode together. It was very fun to watch you absolutely just tear down Mark Brandanowitz <laughs> over and over again. Isn't that mean? I just, I just really didn't. I feel like I was actually harsher about a different moment with one of my favorite characters, uh, Ben. We're gonna get to that. I was, I feel like my harshest critique was not about a Mark moment, except I guess I just like we'll get into it. But they they do this sort of emotional goodbye to Mark, and then they completely ignore it the rest of the series. There's this last moment, and we'll, we'll we'll start from the beginning of the episode, but there is a goodbye to Mark, but none of the things, the sort of going away presence he leaves her, is are ever acknowledged again. In fact, there's a whole episode negating it. So I guess it's just hard for me to buy in. I've had trouble buying into like the emotional Mark Brandanowitz, but um, should we just jump into it? You know, should we live in Freddy Spaghetti? Let's do it. Pour ourselves uh, a big, yeah. big, fresh bowl of Freddy spaghetti and eat up <laughs> unlimited. Should we eat <laughs> unlimited spaghetti? <laughs> Should we even A and B? I mean, it's sort of all one connected story, but I would say the, the A story is um, with the government shut down. Leslie and her crew tries to sort of put together this children's concert. Mm-hmm. And I my feeling is that the B story is uh, the April, Andy, and love triangle. And maybe the C story is Mark Brandanaquitz. But uh, speak now and forever hold your peace. Or, or forever hold your peace. Excuse me. Not and forever hold your peace. I'll, well, I'll speak also, up and then I'll hold it. Yeah. What do you think, Alex? You I was going to say, there's also <laughs> even a second C story with um, with what's his face and what's her, her face? Uh, Tom with, and Lucy. Uh, Dare we say D? <laughs> Maybe a D story. It's literally the D story. Yeah. Okay. It is literally the D. I feel like I feel like Tom would appreciate that joke. 
Well, <laughs> that's fair. I do think, uh, I mean, it's, it's a sign of like a good finale where a lot of people who kind of had, you know, loose ends are either maybe we think they're going to be tied up and then it, at the last minute, you got to have a loose, you got to have a loose end because that's, that's drama. That's storytelling. Oh, loose I mean, I, I, yeah. Oh, Alex. I was going to say, there's almost even an E story too because there's, uh, what's his face in Winter Bay? <laughs> Uh, Alex, I'm going to give you a note already uh-huh, yeah. on the pod and say I need more spe- specificity. I guess what we could do is we could say the A story is the Freddy Spaghetti concert. The B story is the various love stories all wrapping up. There you go. And the C story is Mark leaving. And the D story is what's his face and what's her face. Just kidding. <laughs> um, let's jump into it, though. Uh, we've got Freddy Spaghetti. Uh, we've got a closed government, and the only person there is Ron sitting alone at the table, and Andy, who doesn't realize why everyone's gone. Yeah. It's a great opener. I love the idea that Ron Swanson is just sitting there enjoying the government being there. (laughs) Yeah. We talked last episode that, like, every new piece of information broke Leslie's heart and overjoyed him. It's like we're watching two characters we love have extremely opposite reactions to the situation yeah there, yeah it does say a lot about his character that he he's just still soaking it all in you know it's kind of like finally this is just a building like the spirit the spirit of <laughs> the spirit of democracy no longer <laughs> pumps through these halls <laughs> is this his dream job like because he always talks about wanting to gut it from the inside is this his scenario where his only job is to sit at a table whittling alone i feel like that's what he does i don't feel like he's doing anything different (laughs) in the scene except he's smiling you know he's like he's still doing nothing which is what he does every day it's also and yeah it's also the first stunt in of the episode with uh andy roller skating over the barrier and uh and just absolutely taking a wonderful (laughs) you know dive and I, th- I think that Chris Pratt might have done that himself. Yeah. We call that a Pratt fall. I think that's, yeah. a, that's oh, like a panda Pratt fall. But I'm bum. I feel like in the Freddy's Spaghetti episode, I can be a little loosey-goosey with my puns, you know? Uh, well, I love Lucy doesn't come Andy until like the all- second act. Oh, yeah, right, right, Lucy's right. not yeah. here just yet. Goosey. Bam, bam. You guys are firing on all cylinders. <laughs> Much like the motorcycle. Which Andy oh buys. That Andy got. <laughs> I love. I love when he says it's the highest interest rate you can get. Thinking it's a good thing. It reminds me of why, with the stock market going crazy, I t- don't try to pretend like I know what's going on because I feel like I would sound like Andy in this scene by accident. Yeah, Andy really does remind me of like <laughs> Homer Simpson or something. He's just like, I- I'm sure you guys talk about Andy all the time because he's one of the stars of the show, but. He just is so lovable. Don't worry about what we've talked about before, Alex. Just just live in the live in the now. Talk about who you want to talk it's about. All Don't I've been be thinking about no, limited. I, I just love how big of a goof he is. He's. I, I wish TV had more characters like Andy because he just is. He your favorite character on the show? Um, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. But okay. I, 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 you know, I don't want to leave anyone out in case he's not. But I just, I do love, I, I love, you know, I'm a big fan of like him, a Homer Simpson, uh, who else is kind of just an idiot. 
Like, but you like them. They're a friendly Dumbo, and they're fun to watch. And they, and when they can also pull off physical comedy, I mean, it just, it really, it gets me. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I, I think too of Andy's character as like kind of a like a quint a quintessential clown. <laughs> not yeah. in, not in like a you know scary or creepy clown, but just in someone who sure. is like, um. Yeah, just playing playing the fool, but also has this emotional heart, which also I think lets him say some like lets him say speak emotional truth sometime yeah. in a way that in the See, middle I've of being said, goofy. I've, yeah, I've always said I just think of him as a do- a puppy dog. Yeah, and but like I it's think like hard to pull that off too because he you know he it's it's like hard to just pull that stupid like that genuinely stupid. But I don't off. think of him as like stupid i just think of him as like so sincere to a fault so that he genuinely if if a salesperson tells him like this is good you have the highest interest rate ever he's like that's awesome i don't like i and i know that can come off as stupid i just think of him like a puppy like he he picks up on things that other characters don't pick up on sometimes he's intelligent in his own way but he's a puppy dog. He's gonna jump over the. Anna, you just you're counter. you got puppy dog on the brain right now. Is what it is. Like everything's a puppy dog to you. No, I've been saying Andy's a puppy dog before I've had a puppy dog, and now that I have a puppy dog, I just I'm like Andy, what are you doing in my house? <laughs> That's fair. Um, but it's a good it's a good opener. It sets the stage for the situation. Andy has a motorcycle. The government shut down, and then we go right into a a city forum, mm. which we love. A town hall, which we love, and we have Leslie and Ron again, opposite ends of the emotional spectrum. Yeah, there uh, we get to see some of our some of our favorite new extras. I think Parks and Rec has the best featured extras in the game complaining about the parks being closed who's going to stop al-qaeda what I, am I, I also, supposed to do with my kids yeah i remember watching that and thinking about even like the non-speaking extras were giving it their all like there's yeah. just I, rem- I remember somewhere sort of towards the back there was a woman in the crowd just kind of like going I was like <laughs> yeah that's right okay i'm you've sold me on this world now woman in the crowd if you're listening if you were the silent woman in the crowd, please come on the podcast. Alex is a huge fan. Uh, well, I, she, yeah, come on again. She's here character. right now. I mean, she's here with us. She's just, again, not going to say anything for the duration of this episode either. <laughs> just sitting quiet, quietly in her own little Zoom box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So long story short, the parks are, they're closed. They're straight up closed. And worst of all, Freddy's Spaghetti is canceled. Um yeah, the children's concert. Yeah. To put things into perspective, Alex, how does it feel to have a concert be canceled? From oh, your man. perspective. Well, I've had over the past year several concerts canceled. And, you know, for anyone listening, that's because it's twenty twenty it was just twenty twenty and the coronavirus ravaged all of them. Yeah. Uh and it's it's Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast like thirty years from now. <laughs> well Or if you just haven't been paying attention now. Sure. <laughs> someone is like what's going on but uh but yeah no having a concert canceled especially the same day get out of here you better still pay me (laughs) have you ever played like an outdoor park show like the thing that Freddy spaghetti does are you how kid friendly are you on a scale from like the wiggles to tenacious d on a on a scale from sausage dick to pickle hair (laughs) 
Um, I'm gonna say on a scale of sausage dick to being, if sausage no, dick is a ten and pickle hair is a one on like inappropriateness, in general, we're probably about a six point seven. Well, all right. I think that's my yeah. whole thing, actually. <laughs> to quote Freddy Spaghetti, well, he didn't say this, but to in in the vein of Freddy Spaghetti, we get a little saucy. <laughs> That's not a quote. That's just something you said. No, I made that up. Yeah, in the vein. Um, I think we can do. Yeah, inspired by it's fan fiction. Well, because, in the noodle vein. And don't forget that Ron Swanson had that great zinger. Um, you've got Freddy Spaghetti sauce on your hands. You mean his sauce? Yes, that was great. No, well, because because uh, Leslie says you've got Freddy Spaghetti's blood on your hands, and he goes, "Don't you mean his sauce?" And then Leslie tries to take it later, but goes too far. Yeah. <laughs> And then we have one of my favorite, just like asides, which is is Ron burning his tongue, which I'm going to call it now is maybe one of my one of my favorite parts of the episode is him burning his tongue just happily, not without a care in the world. You know, the the, the beginning of this episode, I'd say the first kind of third, it's a little chaotic because usually we have the parks office to ground them and where everyone is like hanging out or like, but we can't because the government shut down. So we sort of have like. Chris running to ask Anne out in the hospital. We have Leslie going to Tom's house. Like we have people all over the place. Um, but the but the I think the big scene in the the beginning, other than the government shutdown, is uh, that Leslie goes into Mark's office saying, "What should we do? You always know," which is weird because he hasn't really known for a while. <laughs> um, and he tells her he's leaving to go to the private sector. Da 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 done. <laughs> do we ever see Mark Brandanowitz again after this episode? No, and not only do we not see him, he's never mentioned. Like, I'm just gonna okay. Spoiler alert: If you have not watched past this point in Parks and Recreation, go stick some noodles in your ear while I say this about Mark Brandanowitz. But there are two instances that really stick out in my mind about how they ignore Mark Grantanowitz. The first is at the end of this episode, he leaves Leslie a kind of a design for the future park. There is an entire episode in a future season built around who is going to design this park. Mark's design, actually three main points. Mark's design, never mentioned. There is another future episode in which Anne kind of says she becomes the personalities of each of her boyfriends. So she has boxes which e with each of her boyfriends. Andy, spoiler alert, Chris, like, you know, t uh, uh, spoiler alert, Tom. And there's no Mark box. I feel like that would have been the easiest thing. And he's never brought back, ever. I feel like it's... Something happened with this actor because I think it would have been very clever and funny in like even the last season, Alex, that you haven't watched to have one Mark Brandanowitz joke for him to drive past for something. I just feel like it's so weird to me that you have to sort of ignore. You have to kind of show can in it because it. it Yeah, I remember. So I remember unstick the noodles in your ears. We're, you're, we're back. Well, I was going to say, I also. Well, keep them in for just one more minute. I, I remember okay. watching, because I did watch the whole thing um, uh, up until that last season, and I remember, like, it's such an unceremonious way for him to leave that it's almost like, um, 
Like, I almost thought he was going to come back in the next season just in a different, like, So initially, they were going to have him come back. He was going to represent someone who um, went in and out of government from the private sector. I think the initial plan was to have him come in and out. And I don't know what happened. Something with the actor maybe not being happy there, or the writers, or some something happened that they didn't want to continue bringing him back. Maybe the show just moved on but he was supposed to sort of weave in and out i don't know but i did think um he did have a funny line (laughs) in the scene uh where leslie goes and he's decided to quit where he said he wanted a sign that he should leave and then ann broke up with him the week he was going to propose the government shut down and then a pigeon pooped on him shit on him inside (laughs) and i thought that was sort of like a funny like eeyore type it was that was a good moment. I think he's funniest as sort of like a very sad. Uh, kind of, I mean, I feel like we've seen so much of season two is like characters thinking about, you know, their progression from the first season and how much they changed and like reinvented and reimagined about the yeah. show. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of a nice reminder too, that sometimes if, if a character isn't working, you can like just get rid of, you know, like I, I think it's, you know, we're pretty hard on Mark, but I'm also glad that, like, uh, like it's nice that we now have episodes without him. <laughs> and I think the writers, like, really did try to, like, do well by him. Like, even if we don't feel like it totally did, emotionally yeah. hit, it was like, you know, it could have been a fiery car accident. It could have been a cliff diving accident. It could have been, like... <laughs> it really could have gone to, like, Shonda Rhimes type ending. No, I think they really tried to give him... They had, you know... The penultimate scene, which we'll get to, is the Mark Brandanowitz goodbye scene. And they really sit in it and, you know, have a moment. But it is interesting. Like, this is his last episode. And the Parks Department does one last hurrah where they try to put on the Freddy Spaghetti concert. And he is not in it. <laughs> um, I don't know. They're just... <sighs> Still, I guess I didn't feel like I was that hard on him, but there just there are still moments that don't work even in this final episode where like Leslie gets mad and knocks all his papers to the floor. And again, he just doesn't really react. Yeah, I don't know, at least not like a like any with any sort of, you know, if he reacted big or was nice in return, something he just. I don't know. This character that was really supposed to be the sort of look into the camera of Leslie's craziness has really, I don't know. Maybe it was the Anne relationship that wore him down. I don't really know. He's just sort of a shell of a person. (laughs) Well, I think he does a lot of, he plays a character who like does what I think I've, I've been as hard on Mark as the next person, but I also feel like he is a reasonable character. Like he often does like, normal or kind of like unexciting or boring <laughs> choices as a character and part of me really relates to that because i'm because i see myself in that where i'm like oh i i often choose the boring thing <laughs> no but see i don't see you in this at all because i think the thing it's not a, a grounded person because i like you know you're a really grounded lovely human okay but, but you're not but <laughs> here's what you're anymore. not that no, here's what you're not that Mark Brandanowitz is. And the one, the biggest thing that didn't work for him, he's apathetic. His whole deal is that he's apathetic about the work they're mm. all passionate about. 
And even though you could argue, oh, well, April doesn't like love the work, but April is passionate about things, about Andy, you know, for instance. And apathetic doesn't work in a TV character because there's no motive at all, I feel like. Yeah. I I don't know, Alex, you're the guest. What do you think? I was going to say, I think part of it has also got to be Ben Wyatt, right? Because Ben Wyatt is sort of this character who also is very dry. He cares more about like what he's doing and everything, but he's definitely a, a dry, you know, character. And I, I think he's de- he's also though dry, more compelling to watch. And because he's not apathetic, he's very much like we saw in his first episode. Last episode, he took Leslie out for a beer and said, "The reason I'm doing these budget cuts, the reason I'm a Debbie Downer, is because I." ran for office at 18 failed and i want to prove myself again like there's purpose there yeah but like there's an un there's a motivation under his persona yes dry i love i'm not against dry i'm against apathetic characters i think that his character does also like sort of come in and take a bit of that steam away from him because they're both sort of these Mm -hmm. dry characters Mm-hmm. But Ben is just a much better crafted character, and you sort of go, "Well, what do I need this guy for? Let's, let's just give me this guy." Yeah, yeah. I also, I guess, the other thing that we've struggled with, Alex, is you know, Leslie goes into Mark's office saying, "You always know what to do." You know, I think it's also for me, is her like adoration and love for Mark is hard when we're not, we're being told it, but we're not being shown it. And we haven't been for a while. And like, yes, we see him be a sounding board sometimes, but Leslie is so much more capable than this man who she's constantly turning to. And I think as a a viewer, that can be confusing. Yeah, it it does feel a little like they took the dynamic of Michael Scott and Jim Halpern and just gave it to Leslie and uh, Mark Brandanowitz. But this is a different show now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like I, I think when people talk about writing i feel like there's this common thread a lot of times of people saying you know a character sort of revealing itself to you or an idea that feels like it's coming from some other place than yourself and you're sort of following that inspiration and i think the thing you pointed out hannah of uh you know leslie coming in and naming mark as something feels like it felt like a good idea to have mark play this type of character in the world but as the show like came alive he he didn't grow into that or that didn't evolve in the way that the other characters did. Um, but it's, yeah. So this is this is a goodbye from us to Mark, but not yet. This is a goodbye. Not yet. But yeah, not yet. We really, we really <laughs> got stuck in his first scene. It's easy to happen, um, yeah. Moving is it's hard. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Chris is asking Anne out again in the hospital. Like I said, it's sort of all over. Lucy is dating Tom now and Leslie goes to him for help. And everybody's and using him- the bathroom in Anne's house. <laughs> Everybody. But I mean, there's basically two main things going on. We've got Leslie decides to put on the Freddy Spaghetti concert by herself. Because uh, Ben and Chris won't keep it alive. Yeah. And then we've got the big budget cut meeting happening simultaneously. Oh, man. The way Rob Lowe also, like, expertly act when uh when people ask him for things he's like, yes absolutely and then ben comes in and he's like no you can't have that and then just like ooh, 
oh, God, I wish we could have that. Like just his <laughs> reactions are, are so priceless. And it does. It, it also feels like, like earnest positivity. Like it, it, I think it works because every time he wants to believe that it will, that like this time they can make it work. And yeah, it, yeah it's, I agree. That's such a fun game that they play. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. It's a fun dynamic in, uh, in those budget meetings too of just Ron. I mean, Ron is having a great day. He gets the whole <laughs> building to himself. He's got his little slash it flags. Uh, yeah, I, I love like a giddy Nick Offerman is, is just a delight to behold. Like more anytime he plays giddy, I think it's just such a treat. He's a, he's great. It's, it's always fun to run into him on other shows. Like I, I he's in Deadwood. Mm. for a couple episodes and i think he's naked in deadwood and it was very disorienting <laughs> but also i was just like wow here's nick offerman doing his thing yeah yeah i just love uh i love that leslie's co-workers being there for her is proven in this episode you know she decides she's gonna put on the, the concert by herself without any support from the government and everyone shows up to jerry's house april's there um well first first uh jerry shows up and she's so excited but then april shows up um and donna and tom and i just like that this character that we started with in season one has gained the respect of everyone she works with yeah i i can't stop thinking about how tom had sex in Anne's house i really <laughs> Wait, we're not there yet <laughs> don't don't come to it too early all right I'm so, oh jesus oh, oh my god tom. you guys are making great puns and my head is really in a sense of humor that only tom would like this episode <laughs> at the same time leslie gathers the troops i think the part of the ep the, the moment of the episode that i have the most issue with is occurring and i i might dislike the mark thing and to be clear, I love this episode. So this is like nitpicking. But Ron is in the budget meeting and they get to Parks and Rec. And essentially, Ben tries to get Leslie fired. And I know it's key for plot. Like, I understand that, like, he has to try to get her fired so that Ron reveals what she's doing with the Freddy Spaghetti concert. And we also, I like seeing Ron be like, Leslie's essential. But there's a difference between, you know what he'll be called hard ass or mean Ben and watching him not just like bring up, should we fire her, but be like, we're firing her moving on, especially since we've seen them grab a beer. We know that he sees a lot of potential in her. Like I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I have a, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. It is sort of out of nowhere, isn't it? Like, I mean, I, I, I it makes sense, I guess, logistically and everything, but it does, it is just like, really, you're going to, you guys were, you, they did just literally have an episode where they like sort of connected towards the end. They had an episode where they connected and then Ben has been saying like she's come in like 14 times since the government shut down. Like he is aware of how passionate she is. And it just, it makes the nice things he does. I don't know. It just, it doesn't really sit well with me. Will, what do you think? I'm, I'm cool with it. Here's why. <laughs> no, I, I, that doesn't make sense to me. I think another read of it a little bit is him being like, this is just a job. I lost my job when I was 18. I, he knows that Leslie is capable and will like go on to do good things. Or also maybe he just doesn't care. <laughs> and like at this, well, he says 
this earlier on, like this this town isn't special, which we know that will change. Yeah. And I thought about that too. I was like, maybe he just he's like, well, she's cool and great seeming, but or I see potential in her, but we gotta cut her. But to justify how much he like tries to be like, we're firing her moving on. Like I just I guess I I a thing that I that I like about the moment is it's like part of what I think the show does is it it feels like okay if we really pay attention to things and if we really pay attention to people they'll be they'll like become interesting even if we don't think they're interesting at first where it's like if we really just focus on you know small local government it will become interesting and after it becomes interesting we'll like actually maybe even start to love these characters. And I sort of like having a new character in Ben who hasn't is maybe it's just starting to be interesting, but like most of his encounter with Leslie is is like in a budget sheet that he's trying to balance. And he's like, you know, cost benefit analysis and he's being really like logical and hasn't actually like, you know, they've had a beer, but he's not for his job. He's not actually thinking of her as like a full As like a but person don't you in think his there's life? a difference? Because yeah, I, I like I see all that, and I've counter argued that in my head because I want it to feel better. But isn't there a difference between like what if he had brought her up and said we should maybe fire her? But there was just something about how much he was like, no, we're moving on. Felt like it was all so that Ron would be like, no, you can't. Here's what's happening. Like it's different between like bringing her up and being like. Every department's losing a Leslie Nope. I mean, I love the line of Ron's. No one had a Les. No one had one to begin with. Like, I love getting to see Ron care about her. Alex, you said when we were watching, you took issue with why Ron wanted her to stay, though. Well, I mean, the one thing that I sort of thought about was, I mean, and and this probably just is Ron, like, uh, you know, not wanting to be a guy who feels things. Like, not he wants to appear manly. But I was just saying, to your point, the reason that Ron uh, gives that he wants Leslie to stick around is so it's just so that he can continue to slack off during work and, and not do things. See, and I guess I I understand that feeling. But to me, that didn't feel as bad because of what happened next. It's clear he just cares about her deeply, right. which is one of my it goes from one of my least favorite moments of. Uh, ben trying to get Leslie fired or saying that she should be to one of my favorites, which is they're putting the concert up in the lot behind Anne's house. And Ron has to warn them that Ben and Chris are coming. So he runs in and does a terrific pratfall. But without Chris doing yeah. it, it's even funnier <laughs> when Ron does a pratfall. <laughs> It's yeah. uh, the the wrong slip, fault. I think. Yeah, there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really yeah. It's just it's, he like slips. It's and he's out of breath. It's just hilarious to watch him care this much. It's the it's yeah. the opposite side of the giddiness coin for me too. Where it's just him I like frantic. If that was scripted. <laughs> Do it you feels think like maybe the... just a fun choice that he made? You mean? Yeah, I feel like. What I if mean, all I... the falls were unscripted? Chris Pratt didn't mean to slip over the banister. The car wasn't meant to like hit him. What if all? <laughs> well, that one would be pretty insane. But it, it does. It you know, I could see a world because Nick Offerman is definitely a really smart comedic actor. So I, I could see a world where he was like, "Oh, I should. Uh, you should have me slip at the end of this." 
Who knows? Who knows how these things are made? I guess it seems (laughs) unlikely since there's been two falls now. Yeah, I do. I mean, at this point, I think I'm I'm wanting there to be a moment where every character is is falling, and we do get that moment in a later episode on ice, which I'm very much looking forward to. Wait a minute. Also, earlier in this episode, we didn't touch on this. Doesn't um, oh my god, how am I? I'm like forgetting everyone's name. <laughs> Just physical descriptions. What do you see? Close your eyes. Walk us oh, through here. it. It'll it'll be a oh, Leslie. What is this? What does it smell like? Yeah, Leslie goes to Tom Haverford's <laughs> house while he's having sex. Yes, and his shirt's open. It's it's like such an uncomfortable moment. It's a really horny episode. Multiple people get walked in on. I feel like when I was a kid watching TV, I was like, oh, right. Multiple people. You I thought it's all, all Tom. Oh, yeah. But, mul- but different people keep walking in on Tom. I guess. And there's true. also kissing all over the place. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and not one cootie shot to be seen. No. It's rampant. Yeah. Well, that's why I was saying the begin the beginning of this episode. Really, it just feels frantic without the Parks Department office to ground them. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like, why are they all? Yeah. She Leslie tries to get everyone to help her, but Tom's like in the about to have sex. Yeah, but that doesn't. <laughs> For those he's still confused a good by this week's episode <laughs> description. Yeah. And then we get we feel, yeah. in the middle of the, uh, you know, Leslie's doing it on her own. She's throwing this festival and Anne has a very, you know, brilliant idea in the empty lot behind her house. She's doing most of it by herself with the help of a few scrappy friends. She spills the beans to Ron and and then we get more bean spilling with April and Andy. That's right. When So Andy gets hit by a car. Wait! Oh, whoa! whoa. <laughs> pre-hit, even we got a we got a we got a pre-pre-hit. April Andy keeps asking April like Andy doesn't know why April's upset. This is coming off her birthday where April witnessed Andy uh, witnessing Anne taking off her sweater seductively in front of him. So she's still upset about her twenty-first birthday, right? Yeah, and we we have a really sweet moment though where. Where Andy, you know, apologizes and he says that he likes her, um, but it's not gonna. We get still that little that grain of unrequited love is gonna turn into a pearl. I don't know if that's if that's totally true. Um, yeah, but I like no, that they right. finally communicate. Thank you, thank you. They, they finally communicate, which is great. You know, like Andy uses reverse psychiatry on her. And gets her to talk to him, and they both finally speak aloud that they like each mm. other. And April admits that she thinks that Andy still has feelings for Anne, which feels weird if you started your rewatch last episode. But we've been watching since season one, and because we have, it feels really grounded. Like he was obsessed with Anne for most of season one and two. Right. Yeah, I'm season and one and a half, I'd say. It is interesting because I so I actually only started a couple episodes back. And to me Which watching most people this, do. Right. And to, to me watching this, it does feel like like, yeah, he doesn't he's not into her. Even when, you know, spoiler alert, they when they do share that kiss, Andy and Anne, it doesn't it doesn't but feel this is the thing. No one when in their rewatches start like starts on season one, but when you do, 
Andy is in love and obsessed with Anne and everything he does, getting jobs, everything is to win Anne back for all of season one and the beginning of season two. And so for us, I feel like it, and, and April's witnessed this. So I feel like it is grounded in a realistic fear and hesitation for someone who doesn't like being vulnerable. That's fair. But I mean, you know, to his credit, I, th- I thought they did a good job of, uh, you know, making it so it, it, you know, you see how she... Over him. Well, you, you see Over on both her. sides. You can understand both sides where she's afraid right. of it. But also you see you as the viewer, I think, no, no, Andy is into April. I mean, even the way... See, we keep spoiling like a couple scenes in the future. So we'll just get there. Freddie Spaghetti, when uh, they originally canceled on him, took another gig in Eagleton at a library. It's a one-two punch. So Leslie wants basically Andy to play a kid's show, which is going to be hard because most of his songs are as dirty as Lou Berger's songs. But he agrees to do it. He takes his motorcycle is driving to go get his guitar and gets hit by a car, ends up in the hospital. And this is where the center of the Andy, April, and love triangle really comes to head because Anne visits him and Chris Pratt really plays this. I feel like Chris Pratt and Rashida Jones really play this well because Rashida Jones has said all episode, I just broke up with Mark. I'm in a bad place. I shouldn't be dating. She's setting us up to think like her and Chris are going to do something wrong. But she's really made it clear, like, she is reminiscing, she's making poor decisions. And Andy really clearly, I feel like every line he says, it's clear that he is thinking in the past about them. Like, she says something like, my my week's been, you know, shit, too. And he's like, oh, sorry. But, like, clearly it's, you know, past. And they both meet at this moment in his bed where she kisses him. His hospital bed. Feels yes. important. Yeah. Yeah. It, ironically, the only person not getting any action at Anne's house is Anne. <laughs> <laughs> you sh- I would I would watch like a director's cut that's just you narrating Alex. You know, it's just kind of like an arrested development. You know, they weren't. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I and this is what I'm talking about when when she gives him that kiss, the the face that Chris Pratt makes to me says like, "Oh, this is like, and, and even with the background that you're sort of talking about, it's like, oh, this is what I've wanted. I'm getting it, but I don't want it. Yeah. No, I, he's more just like, oh, it's you again. And I feel like ev- both of them, I feel like both of them are playing like they're not into each other. She's making bad breakup decisions, which she's foreshadowed. He's just been hit by a car. And this, you know, well, what we and can then only imagine so she, isn't the first time. I feel like this isn't his first car, no, but it was not. a bad hit. <laughs> So she leaves and then April comes in, feels bad for having doubted his love, and she kisses him. And we see the very clear difference, too, I feel like, between the two kisses of a couple, you know, you know, remembering their past relationship versus a couple, you know, really two people really in love with each other. But then this is where I think he's a puppy dog. He has to be honest immediately that Anne yeah. and him had just kissed. That's tough. I, I don't know what... It's like, what do you do in that situation? Will, you've been in this situation. What did you do? Mm. I, I, I think I... I think I also ruined it immediately in that moment. <laughs> I think I immediately broke that. 
Is this real? You had a similar situation to this? Oh, identical. He had his motorcycle, got hit by a car. His ex-lover was there. Oh, right. His current lover. It wasn't fair what we did to you, Alex. <laughs> it's not unthinkable that something similar could have happened to Will. I, I do think what is so good about this moment is the thing we just described where it's like the audience, we, we the audience, see both. And we know that he's telling the truth, but we also 1000% like it's just it's just good writing where it's like putting the best and the worst thing right next to each other, where it's like yeah. April's dream and April's nightmare happen within five seconds of each other. And it's just like yeah. so painful and like the the perfect way to end the season, I think, where we get like just a taste of what we want. Yeah. Ugh, so good. Yeah, I think, too, we've talked about how April has a lot of trouble being vulnerable. So for her, her worst nightmare is <clears throat> she presents her deepest desire, which is to kiss him, and then immediately finds out something like he just kissed Anne. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. Oof. It's a tough moment. And I wonder if these two kids will ever work it out. Yeah, there's, um, there's no way to know at this moment. So onwards. Onwards to the end of the episode. <laughs> Upwards to Freddy Spaghetti mm. and the Big Dilemma. Deus Ex Pasta. And oh boy! <laughs> that I'll, I'll say that wasn't a pun attempt as much as me speaking Greek badly. I think all all the world's a stage. Mm. I was trying to in rewatching this episode this time. I was trying to come up with like, could I make a better pasta song than Freddy Spaghetti? And the closest thing I could come up with was. Um, a Leonard Cohen hallelujah song, but the words are hot lasagna, which I feel like could be kind of like beautiful, you know, and imagine all the kids singing along to that. Oh my God. If I have some time, I'll try to make a demo. Yeah. And it's just like tears streaming down our face. Okay. Oh, Shrek two. What a good soundtrack. So (laughs) (laughs) we come back after double kisses. Woof, woof, woof. Um, Leslie is is trying to shoulder the responsibility. You know, her team is coming together, but it's up to her to save the day. Um, she comes on as Ramona Ricotta. Pretty good. Pretty good in a pinch, I think. Because she said Freddy Spaghetti bumped his noodle, which gets a big laugh from the crowd. Yeah. And why wouldn't it? <laughs> a well-deserved but then laugh. She, tr- <laughs> she tries to bring back Ron's sauce joke, but goes too aggressive. Who who hasn't been there halfway through a joke and realized this isn't my audience? Too <laughs> much, too it, much. She gave it just a little too much sauce. Oh yes, yes, Alex, yes. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm 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 being a little too cheesy. Oh good, good. <laughs> Listen, we brought you on to have a penne for your thoughts, and you're bringing it right now. Oh my goodness, tortellini. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to be here. Oh man. <laughs> I feel safe. It feels like a safe a safe space for this Listen, kind of stuff. Just yeah. But just in time, who should appear? Hasta la vista, baby. Let's just do this mm. thing. <laughs> I hated myself for that. But just in time, what happens, Will? Oh, you know. Freddie Spaghetti Freddie Spaghetti shows up. He shows right oh. he shows right up to the concert, just like he promised, because of oh, money. Money saved the day. Ugh. Doesn't it just, always not just any money. <laughs> it was Ben's money. Belonging to the government. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's right. What, so it was Ben's personal money, right? 
Yeah, I think he I think he put it on credit. <laughs> Maybe he gets points so it actually wasn't a selfless thing because he's also going to like redeem them for air, you know, air travel. Well, so so this is <laughs> it's a sweet I really moment. like Ben helps as Leslie says build something instead of making a budget cut. But again, I just kind of wish I feel like the listeners are going to side with you, Will. I feel like people are going to agree with you that it's okay that he, you know, pushed to get her fired right before. I don't think people are going to agree with me. I it's guess, just, I wish, yeah, I, I wish from my heart, I hear you, it had been a little less aggressive. I hear you being like, it's really, aggr- like, it's not just that he brings it up. I totally hear all that. I think for me, it's a little bit like this is for Ben and Leslie. This is the version of like, um, Andy and April's kiss and Andy and Anne's kiss where it's like the best thing and the worst thing next to each other, but it's in the reverse order. Where it's like Ben right. does is like on one side of you know the spectrum, and then we see him after observing Leslie decide to like. And I'm all yeah. for Ben being a hard ass when he first enters the show. Like I enjoy that he gets to feel the effect of Leslie. No, like every character. I guess it's just it's a difficult pill to swallow, but um, I do love that he saves the day, and I love that this is. Uh, Leslie and Ben teaming up really for the first time to do some good, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the concert friggin' rocks. Penny and the Jets. Oh, yeah. I mean, it rocks oh. hard. <laughs> Penny and the Jets was a really solid. Yeah. It's raining raw funny. men was the only one that I was. And now <laughs> what you guys keep bringing up, Lucy and Tom banging in Anne's apartment. Oh, yes, the banging. Or Anne's house. Okay. Which is also the bathroom. They also make the joke that Anne's house is where everyone's going to go to the bathroom. And Chris walks in on them in Anne's house. And I was just really, I also couldn't reconcile that kids could have walked into Anne's house while they were having sex. I really also, I, I, I yes, that's obviously the worst part but i i just how rude could you possibly be to go have sex in your friend's house yeah that's well, so think, rude <laughs> there are a few moments because there's also like oh my Chris gosh. comes off as a little just psychotic <laughs> like it, his, him being chipper after that is a little bit <laughs> oh yeah and like, then he hey, goes Tom, and gets rejected <laughs> He gets rejected. Yeah, well, Chris goes in to ask Anne out again, whistling, and then sees them having sex and leaves whistling. That's what Will you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, <laughs> I love this episode. I guess I just it does sometimes feel like if Matt if the master plan, the episode before this, was the brilliant dessert that got brought to us finally. This is sort of like the chaotic everyone's digging into dessert and we're learning how to we're learning we're everyone we're sort of figuring out the new dynamic and it's it's i mean i feel like there's growing a little bit of growing pains as we figure out at the end of this season how to incorporate two new characters into the into the mix yeah yeah and speaking of growing pains the whole yeah. the whole season ends with a really sweet little moment between Lucy and Tom. And then we see Ron entering his Tiger Woods red polo to reveal oh my gosh. that he started sleeping with Tom's ex-wife, Wendy. It's such a dramatic season. Button. <laughs> um, but before, before we hit the button, we also have Leslie who's been non-essential this whole time. And it said it. So on her ID 
Ron appoints her to the budget meeting and she's now essential. So it's her and Ben gonna they're gonna square off in this budget meeting. And we have we spent so much time talking about and a great haircut. the announcement Just of Mark in case Leaving. we skip right over it. She's got a great haircut. Who has Oh, uh, yeah, a, a really nice bob. updo. Yeah. It, uh, an updo, yeah. Thank you, sorry. It, she's really refreshed. Yeah. Um, but maybe she's refreshed because we also get the final goodbye scene of Mark and Leslie. Mm. We had her, him telling her he's leaving. And now, I guess she must have texted him, meet me in the pit, or the the part, or the, the pit, lot. The pit for all but time's we sake, have yeah. them. We have them sitting on this bench in front of the lot. He hands her plans for a future park like what the design might be and she hands him red tape so that he'll always remember his roots it felt a little bit like the canoe scene between mark and uh ron it felt like am i supposed to do i remember i I know he talked about red tape but like it was like it was it was you know it was it was goodbye to mark brandanowitz we have them sitting there right um and I don't know. There's just some of these lines. I like the sweet kiss on the cheek. You know, we've seen them. I guess there's just some of these lines don't. Mark has really, uh, I, I almost wish he had come back. Yeah. At least for a scene no, in the future. I, I as sort too. of a. Yeah. yeah. Almost like I wish Mark could come back for one scene and be a more realized character again. Um, because, you know, he started off as this playboy who, like, gave looks into the camera. <laughs> then he started dating Anne and became this sort of, like, awkward, fumbling, I don't know what to do in a relationship. And then that relationship petered off. And as it did, so did he. I mean, I know we sort of, we talked about it for a while, but um, this is his goodbye. Yeah. Has been Dana exit. <laughs> Leslie said it best. He's Mark Brandanaquit. <laughs> As she, I said, Leslie said it best. She did say it best. Yeah, she really nailed it. Uh, yeah, I so, wish, you know, I wish we could. We got to have him on the show. <laughs> I wish I could say goodbye to to Mark myself. It, it is, I, I mentioned this at the beginning, but it's like I do. I kind of like. I think I'm a softy <laughs> and I, I like, uh, I like shows that like aim to have a heartfelt moment and, and risk having them fall flat. And I think one of the reasons I like Parks and Rec is because it like shoots for moments like this and so often hits a bullseye. And this, mm-hmm. this was like on the target, but wasn't that for me. But it's also just like, well, that's, you know, that's great. Like, nothing is perfect. This isn't a perfect moment. No. But I love. No, and it's not. Yeah. I love that it's a show that, like, tried. It, like, tried its best with Mark. And I think that that's what I like. I I just, I I am, it's not a critique of the show. I, I guess it's because I love the show so much. And they have sentimental moments, even when they don't try. Like, when Ben and Leslie do the concert together. And Ben looks at Leslie and Leslie said, we built something today. That hit for me. And that's such a smaller moment. You know, I feel like the tiny moments have meaning. So to have this like exchange of gifts. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, they tried. They gave him a goodbye. Alex, did you cry? You were kind of weeping a little bit. I was while watching sobbing. Yeah, I was very. I mean, I, I, I couldn't hold back the emotions <laughs> as I saw. The end of Mark Brandanowitz. 
The possible oh. only Jew on the show. I'm guessing <laughs> from the last name, Brandana Witt. Oh my god, I didn't even think. I wish they had explored his Jewish heritage. I probably would have dug before we hit our town halls and hear from some of the listeners. Um do we have any final I mean, we kind of just like talked about all our feelings as we watch. Any final thoughts on the episode as a whole? Freddie Spaghetti. We have our musical comedy expert here. Were you happy they they ended with a musical comedian? I felt very represented uh, by by this episode. Yeah, I, I it was nice. You know, do we ever see Freddie Spaghetti return? We do. We do. Oh well, I'll be looking out for him because I <laughs> I have to rewatch the show now that I and I have to get to the end. Yeah. Um. You know, now that I'm I'm gonna do this, I I, I just my my Parks and Rec. Freddie Spaghetti and Leslie have a really intense love affair in season seven. That can't be true. <laughs> you haven't gotten there. How would you know? You really gonna doubt me on that? Well, I know that she ends up dating Ben Wyatt, and I just don't think that they would replace <laughs> Ben Wyatt for <laughs> Freddie Spaghetti. Season seven gets crazy. Okay. Um. <laughs> Well, she does. I mean, I, you could call it. She she has one passionate night. She she does have his children in season seven. This can't it's a be whole true. Thing. I don't believe you. I am not falling for this. <laughs> we burn all burn um, too many bridges. You've been lied. <laughs> you've been lied to by us before. I understand yeah. where you're coming from. <laughs> it's just I don't believe it. But yeah, how do you? Will we're done with season two? How do you feel? Moving on to season three. I know season one felt like really short. Mm. I feel, you know, I've heard of the rewatch. You should go season two to season four, back to season three, finish with season seven, then do five, six. Um, I'm, I'm proud of us for making it, for making it this far, you know, four times the episode of season one feels like an accomplishment. And yeah, I think, I mean, it's been, it's been a wild, a wild ride, and I like uh, I like what we're set up for in season three. Like they made a nice little mess, you know, and uh, it's going to be exciting to see how they clean it up or get even dirtier. <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let's get to our voicemails. If you want to reach us, go to speakpipe.com slash Pawnee Public Radio. Uh, tweet at us at Radio Pawnee. Email us townhall at PawneePublicRadio.com. And leave us a five-star review on all the places where podcasts are found. Uh, our first voicemail is number 157. Alex, we have multiple Connors call in. And this is Connor Young from the Connor Club. Hey, Hannah, Will, and Alex. This is Connor Young calling in from Norman, Oklahoma. This week, I'm back with another what-if question. So instead of there being a budget crisis and having to shut the city down, let's pretend that there was no budget crisis. I want you to be as a writer on this show and try to, like, pitch your idea of what this season two finale episode should be. What plot line should we follow? Where should it take us? 
I just wanted to like experiment. So what if there was no budget crisis? Thank you. Thank you, Connor, for calling in with a what if question. We like our what if questions. Yeah. Yeah. And no we're going to come crisis. out of this what if question with a full episode of television. A full, fully realized spec script, which... Should we go uh, full in the other direction? There's a budget surplus. Too much money. Suddenly, parks and recreation. Too much money. What are we going to do? What happens? Well, if there's too much money, they'd probably put on a full music festival for children. So we're talking Freddy Spaghetti. We're talking uh, Melanie Melonhead. We're talking uh, uh, Apple Apple Bomb. Uh, I don't know why I'm going to fruit. Um, no, commit, commit. Okay. Banana... Hannah? Hannah Banana. Come on. Yeah. All, Tom, all, and- Tom Bomb? A, a musical guest who explodes at the end of every song. You know, Love it. A song is never I mean, longer than his views. This is th- this is what we're seeing, I think. Uh, it would also be... Yeah, maybe maybe there's also... Um, oh, if, if you get rid of the budget crisis, maybe you'd probably feature Mark Brandanowitz a little more, right? Yeah, I, I think... I like where your head's at. I like the idea of we still send off Mark Brandanowitz big. There's a budget surplus, which means that Ben and Chris are just like trying to figure out what to do with all this money we have. And Mark. They're brought in to figure out. They're brought in to like what to do with all this money. And then Mark maybe has like, uh, you know, some huge fall from grace with his like all of his, all of his architect, his little architect projects, you know? I like it. I want to see him ruined. <laughs> Just destitute Will, of no him. longer a softie in this what if. No. Connor, thank you so much for calling in. We hope you enjoy uh, the budget surplus. Uh, skip voicemail number 158. It's just me saying testing, testing into a microphone. Which you just did again. And let's go. Yeah. <laughs> let's go to uh, number 160. Wow, why is it skipping by two now? I don't know. Uh, Anonymous, number 160. Hey, Hannah and Will. Uh, Sports guy dad here. I'll try to be brief. Uh, I liked your analysis of the two league championship games. Uh, Both of you picked the Bills and the Packers. And you probably don't even realize, but both of your teams lost. Uh, and Will somehow doesn't like the Packers because he likes Broncos. Not sure Broncos and Packers are a known rivalry, but Will, Will, you guys know more than me. That's why I call into your show. Uh, Freddy Spaghetti and a government shutdown. Uh... That said, so now the team you couldn't remember, uh, Hannah, shockingly, is Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing against the uh, (coughs) Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's now the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, Pirates, and Chiefs are going to lose their name because they're Indians, so... If you're in the political correct, you'll go with the Pirates, I guess, the Buccaneers. But uh, let me know, and uh, hopefully the government will open up so Leslie will have something to do. Ciao. Ciao, Dad. Uh, This is Sports Guy Dad. This is my dad. Alex looked very confused about the turn the podcast had taken. Um, I'm going to say I 
first of all, Alex's face was just like, what? What is the, what is happening? This is my father. He is going to soon have his own spinoff podcast, Sports Guys Dad. Um, I'm going to say you never bet against Tom Brady in Super Bowls. Uh, from my personal experience, I know he's an older gentleman now, but Giselle keeps him young. So I'll, I'll go with uh, Brady and Tampa. Are you taking the other team, Will? No, I'm going to go with the Bills again. I feel like I got totally, you know criticized for picking a losing team, but I'm not just going to give up on them because they lost one game. I, I think they don't still give have up. A, I think they still have yeah, a shot. Don't give up. Just because yeah. they're not in it. Don't give up. Dad, thanks for calling in. Alex, thank you for your face during that You're whole welcome. voicemail. I gotta tell you, I really thought that was just a random person calling in for some, some podcast voice time. Um, I love you, Dad, and so does Alex now. Now we're moving on to my mother, Alex, number 162. They both call in anonymous. I just want to warn you now. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Will, and hi, Alex. What a great episode to have a guest podcaster. Really liked this episode because I like that Ron made it clear to everyone that Leslie Nope is the Parks and Rec Department. I like that Ben showed us a glimmer of good things to come when he paid for Freddy's spaghetti to entertain the kids. And I like that we were able to send Mark Brandanowitz off on a high note. And I like the symmetry of Leslie and Mark sitting on that bench. Uh, but I guess what I noticed the most in this episode were the na- the tags that the employees wore, which were essential or non-essential workers. And in this age of coronavirus vaccination prioritization, it just seems that we're always talking about who is essential and who is non-essential. So I'm curious to hear who you think is essential and non-essential to the show. Um, Anyway, this was a great finale. It was like a double chocolate fudge brownie. (laughs) Thanks, Mom! I'm so glad your mom added to the show. I I really thought it was going to be a big question of like, who do you think is essential? (laughs) In life. Oh my God. I think everybody. Yeah, let's let's answer her question. I will say, Leslie Nope at the end of the episode does get vaccinated because she's now an essential government employee. Um, So who is essential to the show? Um, I I mean, obviously Leslie Leslie. Nope. (laughs) Oh, oh, man, Alex, that's that's the the family member at Thanksgiving who's like, and I'm thankful for my family. (laughs) The person who goes first and gets to just claim the easy one. All right, all right. Let, let me. Okay, I'll, no, I'm I'll proud stay of you. here. By, you... by the way, I do. I just before we move on and, and answer this, I, I do want to give a shout out to Hannah's mom, who I fondly remember for calling me handsome once after I edited a video for Hannah, and she saw. So, so hello, Hannah's mom. Um, Easy. Uh... <laughs> Not on our podcast. Stop you don't. flirting with my mom and answer the question. All right, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I mean, I think John Ralphio is an essential worker, honestly, because yeah, without John Ralphio, you know, we're just going to have Tom Haverford going way too crazy. We need a little John Ralphio. To- I feel like John Ralphio heightens his crazy. 
Yeah, you're probably right. But I don't know. On some level, I feel like Tom Haverford, like, well, no, here's what it is. When he's with John Ralphio, he's able to let all of his, you know, hyper ridiculousness out. Without John Ralphio, he's just a pent up ball of. I need to be a you're crazy right. person. I understand now. I so your answer is John Ralphio. Mm. Will's answer is I'll go. I'll go Andy, um, and not for the reason yeah. you might think, but because he without a shoe shine, people are just scuffing around that office, you know. And I think people's spirits would be lower. I think they would have less self confidence. I think they would be harder on themselves because their shoes looked worn. Um, so I think Andy really brings, really brings a shine and is essential. Um, I also feel like maybe Hannah, maybe we answered it last, last episode when we, uh, that like targeted ad, I feel like those, all of those little like bobblehead figurines are essential. (laughs) I also think, you know, someone who does the thankless thing is Jerry Terry Larry. Mm. Um, he's always there doing paperwork. He shows up. Thank goodness. For Jerry Gergich. Yeah. Um, but also April. I really love April. <laughs> he shows up after. Thank you, Mr. April. I, you know, I think we can all agree Leslie is the family uh, answer. Yeah, thankful and for uh, Leslie. Jean Ralphio. Yeah, thankful for Leslie. And thankful for my mom. Um, who isn't? And dad. Yeah, who isn't? Uh, all right. I love you, and I also love, but less than my mom. I'm sorry. That was a weird transition. Uh, next voicemail, we Is have... your brother? <laughs> we have Joy the Librarian, number 163. Hi, it's Joy the Librarian. I've missed both of you so much. What would your children's entertaining name be? I think I might be Jamboree Joy. Let me know. I gotta be Hannah Banana, right? Yeah. That's just, that's the obvious thing. How do you entertain the the kids? Is, like, our bananas involved at all in, in your act? Definitely. Lots of slipping? <laughs> lots of slipping. <laughs> lots of, lots of pratfalls. I, uh, I would... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the first rhyming word that got stuck in my little brain was Will Pill, and I do one big show. <laughs> <laughs> I go out big. <laughs> oh wow! No, uh, that's very funny. Uh, okay, I'll stick with it, and I'll never work in children's entertainment <laughs> again. Again, yay, Alex! What is the children's version of Lou Burger? Oh, oh, we do a, the Lou Burger kids version. Um. I guess because Andy becomes Johnny Karate, what does Lou Burger become? Okay, all right. I guess we'd probably be like Lou Burger, but with a U, and because right now it's L E W B E R G E R, would be Lou Burger, and it would probably be L O U space Burger, and we'd be you know the Burger Boys, (laughs) and uh, we'd come out, and the only thing we'd sing about is you know we'd we'd change all of our songs instead of um, I wish I could be a Disney princess, it would be I, I wish I could be a cheeseburger princess or uh, you know i wish or sausages or a hamburger is a roasted dick <laughs> uh, so two of the three of us will not be working in children's entertainment uh, joy thank you for calling in our last uh, town hall this week is an email uh so thank you so much to lucy van pelt for emailing in it's a from the peanuts? part email 
Um, I guess I'll read part. <laughs> we'll just switch off each email uh, that you followed up on. Thank you so much. This feels like Jennifer last time with her four per- part thing. So uh, Lucy Van Pelt, the title of her email is fan letter plus would you rather questions. So Alex, we'll be reading the emails. Your job is to really remember it. Take notes if you have to. Okay. Um, hey guys, I'm Lucy from Seattle. I've been to Donna's apartment. It's not that great. Wow. Starting off with some fighting words. Uh, Seattle's just rain and apples. That rhymed. Did it rhyme? Seattle's just rain and apples. Uh, it would have okay. to be Seattle's just rain and atolls or something. I'm going to say it again. Seattle's just rain and atolls. That rhymed. So the story behind this email is that I tried to promise myself not to send emails until I fully caught up with all your episodes. But I have no self-restraint, and after five episodes, I'm desperate to send you something. Well, we're so glad you did. You know what? I'll stop commenting. There's enough to get through. Uh, I I became jealous of the three-plus Connors. Whenever I find a podcast I really like, I bombard them with millions of emails until they're sick of me, so you're in for a treat. I thought it would be fun if I sent you some would-you-rathers. All right, get your pen ready, Alex. One, if you had to be stuck in quarantine with any of these people, would you rather be stuck with A, Jean-Ralphio, B, Craig, C, Darren? I think that's his name, but you know April's weird friend, Oren. Oren. Um, number two. If for some reason Andy and April could never be together, would you rather Andy be with A, Gary, Jerry, Larry, Terry, B, Tom, C, Mona Lisa? Three, same question, but with April. A, Anne, B, Leslie's mom, Marlene, for those who forget, C, Gary, Jerry, Larry, Terry, I can't help myself. Oh, I have a funny thing about that one. Uh... (laughs) No commentary. Four. (laughs) Number four. Oh, yeah. Really put your expectations high. Four. This isn't a would you rather question. It's more of a what if question. So Ben made Cones of Dunshire. What board games would everyone else make? Number five. Oh, spoilers in this email. It wasn't clear. Number five. (laughs) Number five. If you had to pick any of these characters to babysit when they were kids, so they're kids now, would it be A, Leslie, B, April, See John Ralphio and Mona Lisa. This concludes my various questions. I hope you liked reading my email. Your podcast is so great. It's like the Parks and Rec version of The Office Ladies meets Michael Scott Podcast Company. Both great podcasts. Keep up the great work. Heart emoji. And Filippelli. Oh, yeah. And I'm... Oh, yeah. And I'm the future. I will sign out all my emails with a joke. You'll never get sick of it ever. Thank you so much. Email two, the follow-up. Will? Should we, you think we plow right through? And people- I think we switch off. People play no, yeah, let's home, go through all, your Yeah, questions. we'll go for all four and then we'll answer, yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you for emailing, Lucy. Oh, also, I forgot to mention, but I'm super into improv too, Hannah. What's your favorite improv game? I really like doing long-form freeze tags. Email three. And another quick thing. In the first email, I made a typo, and you can, can't can edit emails. It's supposed to say, in the future, not, that, I'm the future. That's a good reveal. That's a good reveal, yeah. Email four. Will? And yet another quick things. These things will get slightly less quick as time goes on, but you'll get used to it. I would like to know if I could be an honorary member of the Connor Club because my last name is Connor. Yes, you're in. You're accepted. 
My email says Lucy Van Pelt because my dad set it up ages ago, and you know it's the Peanuts character, and I don't know how to change it, so I'm stuck. And final parentheses, and sadly, my first name is not also Connor. Otherwise, I'd be the strongest Connor of all the Connors. Lucy, thank you for all of your emails. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for all your emails. We can't wait to have you keep emailing in. We'll work backwards because we started to. <laughs> you are officially a part of the Connor Club. Welcome to the Connor Club. Welcome sound effects. Wow, what a welcoming sound effect. Um, the typo, very funny. Uh, what is your favorite improv game? Will and Alex have also done improv, so... I guess we'll all answer this one, and I I hope the listeners are enjoying this working backwards stuff. Favorite improv game? I think mine would be um, Zip Zap Zop. I'm going to go classic because I'm very competitive and I never lose that game. Even when I'm teaching a class of kids, I don't let them win. They they said to me, they said, Hannah, we're going to beat you. And I said, no, you're not. And then I crushed those middle schoolers at Zip Zap Zop. (laughs) Oh, favorite good. improv game, boys? Um, I love a good old fashioned friggin' scenes from a dang hat. <laughs> from whose line is it anyway? Um, or if not that, I love New Choice. That is an example of that game. That mm-hmm. was an example of that game. Um, I if we're talking warm up games, I like Contact. Uh, if we're talking just regular short form games, uh. I like party court. Uh, number five, which would you babysit? Oh, they'd all be a handful to babysit, but I'm going to go with Leslie. I feel like she would send you notes throughout the rest of your life. I feel like April would be super easy to babysit. She'd just be oh, quiet. No, she would. I feel like she would. I don't know. I think she could be a handful. Maybe but, okay, we've got Leslie, that. April. Okay, I'll do, I'll do John Ralph here and Mona Lisa so that... All these kids are taken care of. It sounds like we can each take Every, a different. No one is left. <laughs> no one's um, left alone. <laughs> okay, we're instead of what board games would each other character make? How about just one character? What board game how would about they the make? I, that we're babysitting. Let's make up their board game. Yeah, great. I love it. Uh, I feel like uh, John, Ralph, and Mona Lisa. The board game would be called Knives and Glue, and the way that you play the game is one person has a big bucket of glue, and the other person has a big bucket of knives. And then the babysitter tries to make it until the parents get home. Kind of like a purge situation, but um, it like it comes in a really fun like packaging. Like the game is really well designed. The glue is like really beautiful, and uh, the knives are sharp. Leslie's game is a Super Mario Brothers esque game, except it's all with historical women. So instead of a video game, it's all uh, famous women. Uh, throughout history on popsicle sticks that she's made herself battling it out in a uh, three-part debate. And when you, the babysitter, know less than her, she makes sure to break everything down for you. It's called Super Mario Historical Women. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I think April would design a game called Procrastination, where it's your job, or the object of the game is to get other players to do work for you and the more work other people do for you, the more points. you get. I love it. Um, I'm just going to say the answer to number three has already been answered that uh, April 
or Audrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza, uh, actually made out with Jerry Terry Larry at one of their final uh, interviews while they sang 5,000 Candles in the Wind. Uh, th- that clip is on YouTube. So we can, that that is not a what if, but that exists. Um, so number two, if Andy, who would he be with? Mm. I think Tim and Tom would be cute. Andy and Tom, um, yeah. I'm going to say Tom because I don't know who the other characters are. And that's love. Sometimes that's love. You know, sometimes that's that's what the Michael Bublé. That's how it all happens. <laughs> I think we all agree on Tom. Uh, number one, if you were <laughs> stuck in quarantine with any of these people, who would you be stuck with? Oh, 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 I would. Uh, yeah, we haven't met him yet, but I think. Uh, I think Craig really means means well. Yeah, means well. I'm going to go with Oren. I'm just going to let him sort of hide in a corner and never leave I, I the feel house. Like, I feel like say? the obvious answer is John Ralphio because he's going to keep it fresh every day for you, you know? Yeah, I guess that also <laughs> means that none of the three of us will be will be in each other's pods. But that's, you know, that, we'll all be with a different fictional character. <laughs> that's all right. Uh Lucy Van Pelt or Lucy Connor, rather. Thank you so much for calling or for emailing in. Uh, and welcome to the Connor Club. The last thing, don't worry, the last thing. We're only going to be reading one five-star review. We always have our guests read it. Sounds good. Jen13729 said, awesome, awesome. Love listening. The hosts are so great. And that's five stars from December 16th, 2020. Woo! Thank you, Jen13729. And thank you. Please leave us some five-star reviews if you have a moment. Because it really helps us get the word out about the podcast. Wowie. I feel like I just went to an entire rock concert of Freddy Spaghetti. (laughs) Don't you mean... uh, Noodle concert of the worst one. Well, look. I mean, I had a meatball. It's it's just a gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) Freddy Spaghetti did this for us. Uh, <laughs> uh, something uh diddlini no joke i just love those little tiny pastas they crack me uh, up they're perfect for uh, bracelets if you want to do crafts oh my uh, gosh a nice know. chilled that soup one, with dillatini dillatini i don't think this one's gonna bread stick <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> i in my dream end of this episode it's just people like muttering trying to find puns as a like slow like a fade that lasts for uh for like 45 minutes just like you listen for 30 minutes and you're like oh it has gotten a little bit quieter and then you yeah you're <laughs> like wow the time really pasta the timed with you yeah yeah you too. Uh, i'm but sorry <laughs> well, hannah i'm really glad that your mama mia called in and, and her papa pia <laughs> <laughs> yeah Good Her point, Alex. <laughs> Honestly, Alex, it's 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 so great. Thank you so much for uh coming on. I'm now Googling. I'm now getting insecure <laughs> and I'm Googling pasta puns. And oh yeah, pull it some up. of them don't fit. Sorry, this is this gift is pasta due. The possibilities are endless. That's a Think good one. about um the dish is so good it's Pre-pasta roast. No, guys, it, it's good to just get together <laughs> and... Uh... He said she pasta away. Oh, God. 
please don't use that if someone dies. No, it's it's good um, that it's nice that the three of us got together and just noodled around a little bit, you know? If you yeah. want more of stuff like that, check out Lou Burger Live at Lincoln <laughs> Hall, available February 9th yeah. and beyond but forever the- until the internet goes away. <laughs> Forget the hype. They're just as good as you've heard. <laughs> now, I'm feeling a little saucy now that we're getting to the end. See, Googling really helps. Um, <laughs> thank you for coming on. No, really, it's fun. I um, What a journey our friendship has taken. From I, I first saw Alex. He had a YouTube video of a song parody years before we ever met. And then I met him and I was like, that's the guy I saw on the YouTube. And then I had the exact same experience once I saw Dealer Anna No on, Deal. Yes, one, what, yeah. We, you say that you were on Dealer No Deal. We, we call it Dealer No Deal on this podcast. Why? Why does anyone do That's anything? A good really? One one harmless lie. Because, I think actually because started, Andy yeah, because yeah. Andy um, auditioned for Survivor and Dealer No Deal, and he breaks open a coconut and goes, "That's why I'll be." Or he has a machete and goes, "That's why you should put me on Dealer No Deal." So forever since that episode, we've we've called it deal or no deal. That's very fun. But from um, you now, I do understand why that would be kind of confusing. Confusing. <laughs> Speaking of which, this is an RHAP joint, right? This is a Rob Sesternino joint. It's a RHAP umbrella. Well, joint. give my best. He has no idea who I am, but I'm. I, I love Rob Sesternino. He's he's pretty great. Cool. <laughs> um, we want to thank the listeners for. Uh, you know, pressing the download button. Please subscribe. We are pumped to get into season three. It's just around the riverbend. Oh my god. <laughs> she's losing it. Just around the river tortellini. Oh no, she's spiraling. This is why at the end of, of TV shows, they, they take a little hiatus. You know, you gotta take a break. She's, you can't just go right into the next season. You gotta have a break. Sp- <laughs> She's spiraling Alex. like Fusilli. <laughs> if you, Alex, if our listeners should hashtag one thing to let us know they listen, what should they hashtag at Radio Pawnee? What is the hashtag of this podcast episode? Hashtag spaghetti. 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 Uh, thank you so much, Alex. Thank you. And thank the <laughs> listener. And thank you, Will. And <laughs> we got to get out of here. I've lost Good my Good night, news. everybody. Bye. Goodbye, good night, I love you. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price, and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.